Welcome to the Right Way Christian Center podcast. Here at Right Way, we exist so that people may know God personally, grow in God relentlessly, and show God compassionately. We hope that you grow because of this message today. Amen. All right, let's move real, real quick because I got a lot of ground to cover today. Uh, uh, We're we're in a series entitled Kingdom Prosperity. Today is part three, and we're going to talk about how man was made, how man was made. Let's make our confession. I am prosperous. I am am abundantly supplied. I have more than enough. I am very wealthy. I am a blessing to the lives of others. I am a kingdom philanthropist. Go from me, lack. Come on, go from me, lack. Come to me, abundance. So we've been in this series now, and and on last week I made the statement that um, God created man prosperous in all areas, that we as believers, we should be prosperous in all areas. There are six areas of at least six areas of prosperity. There is spiritual prosperity. That's talking about your human spirit. There is mental or solical prosperity. There is physical prosperity that deals with your health. There is material prosperity. God does not have a problem with us having things. As a matter of fact, in the book of Deuteronomy, he said, your house is supposed to be filled with all pleasant and good things. There's relational or social prosperity. That means that we should have good relationship with family, friends, and with people. The Bible talks about the young prophet Samuel. The book says he grew in favor with God and man. I think we have to be very careful, Sister Cheryl, of what we, that, that word world in the Bible uh, carries a duality, right? When, sometimes when it's talking about the world, it's really talking about outside of the church. And then sometimes when it's talking about the world, it's talking about the sin nature that the world has fallen into. And we make the mistake in the church of calling everything outside the church the world, making it sinful when in actuality we have, we have something to do and we live in the world. We shouldn't be worldly, but we live in the world. You got it? So, so what we've done, the church made playing marbles the world, worldly. We made, and the Bible says marble, not, not marble, you know, but because we come out of slavery and we couldn't quite pronounce words, we, we looked at the word marble and thought it meant marble, so we said playing marbles was a sin. We called the television, we made it worldly and called it the one-eyed devil. Well, there are some worldly stuff, stuff on it, but you're not being sinful if you look at TV and you're watching the news. Right, all of us should have no type of TV in our house. So you know, in the church, man, we just we got some stuff we gotta unpack and correct. You get what I'm saying? And so the Bible says, "Be in the world." Watch this, but not. So, so there's there's a two sidedness of that word, and you need when you read the Bible, you need to know if it's talking about being worldly, a part of its sin sinful side or if it's just talking about the world activities and things that are in the world that you and I actually can enjoy and have praise the Lord all right and then there is word or name prosperity which means you should have influence you should not not just all this social media influencer stuff no you are supposed to have influence praise the Lord your name is supposed to mean something glory to God and so now this statement is that uh 
We said that Adam, well, I'm saying rather, that Adam was prosperous in all of these areas. Adam was spiritually prosperous. Adam was mental or solical prosperous. He was physically prosperous. He was uh, material prosperous. He was relational or social prosperous. And Adam had a good name. He had a good name. So when God created man, man, had, he was prosperous in all of these areas. And watch this. Adam was a prototype. Come on. Adam was a prototype. Come on, say he was a prototype. In other words, we, we, we can look at Adam, and in looking at Adam, how God made the first man, that's how God intended every man to look or every man to be. So if it was all in Adam, it was supposed to be all in us. But Adam failed. Adam failed. Adam failed. And a lot of those prosperous areas to Adam became accursed to him. Right? And so that's why the prosperity gospel is not because we are only, we're still viewing it from a fallen place and we won't get back over into the prototype. Actually, we won't get into the pilot because the pilot is Jesus. Adam was just a prototype. The, the prototype is the test model. Jesus is the pilot. So, so in the prototype was not Holy Spirit. Adam was made a living soul. He didn't have Holy Spirit in him. He had Holy Spirit on him. He was the prototype. Jesus is the pilot. We are reborn into the pilot. So the pilot is the prototype that now works. Because you test the prototype to get all the kinks out. And after you get all the kinks out the prototype, now you can make the pilot. Jesus is the pilot. He's the second Adam. So we're reborn into Adam by the second Adam. So all of those prosperities are now back in us. So we're supposed to walk and live in all of them. Notice the first one is spiritually prosperous. And once you're spiritually prosperous, all the rest of them should follow. Are you listening to me? So now, now I want to, I want, I got to shed some light on something real quick. We got to stay here long because I prayed over the week and I say, Lord, I don't want to have to take these people through a demonology class. <laughs> they need, you need to get ready to come to Leadership Development Bible Institute, my in-house Bible college. I'll be, we getting ready. I'm, I'm working on that now to bring it back. You can sit down and I'll teach you there. But, but uh, just a quick way to show you, to prove to you uh, that Hollywood messed us up. And, and, and a lot of our teaching messed us up that Satan wasn't a serpent. It wasn't a man, it wasn't a serpent wrapped around a tree talking to the woman. See how quiet it got? See how quiet it got? Because now that's something you gotta, you gotta really strip that out your mind. And, and, and it wasn't an apple. The Bible never even told us what the fruit was. It just said, don't eat from the tree. Right? And and but so, you know, so let me prove this out. <laughs> let me prove. Go to, go to Genesis chapter 3. And let's read right. I thank God for my mom. She had regimen long before she had revelation. So my mom, when I, when I had a reading assignment, my mother would not just let me read. I've kind of fallen away from it. I'm getting back to it. But it was, it was so such um, a help to me in reading the scripture. It was such a help to me because she would make me put inflections and enunciate words and, and end sentences. And it helped me out by reading the Bible. Because for me, it brought life to it. That's the purpose of it. It's to bring life to the text. I also grew up writing poetry. Some of my books I've written in the past, I have different poems that I've put on the inside of them. Well, the Bible is really, the flow of the scripture is really written from a poetic form. And if you would understand poetry, 
then you would immediately know that that, well, I won't say you wouldn't immediately know because if you keep watching Hollywood and let them try to tell you what the Bible means, you would still think that that Eve was talking to a snake. And that's not the language or the dialect that God gave animals, the ability to talk. He gave that ability to humans. The Bible says everything has its distinct sound. You know what a trumpet sounds like. You know what a saxophone sounds like. You know what a snake sounds like. You know what a cow sounds like. You know, without even seeing it, you know what it sounds like. You know what their language is. Are you listening to me? And so it wasn't a certain, now let's look at, I got to move quick because I got something I want to, look at, look at, look at Genesis chapter 3. Now a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. In, in other words, Jesus would say, the kingdom of heaven is as if a man would cast seed in the ground. So he's using something that we are naturally accustomed to knowing about to bring home and prove a heavenly point. Because if he was just to talk about it from a heavenly position, you wouldn't understand it because our minds would never be grown enough to understand heavenly because we're fallen. That's why it, it, when we get raptured out of here, our old mind is going to be wiped out and we're going to have a totally new mind. E- even when John came back and explained heaven, he didn't do good enough. Think about it. He could only give you, he could only talk about heaven with, with, with earthly examples. He couldn't explain it. Now, my book, I'm, I, I'm, I just, well, I, I've got a book that I'm, that's getting ready to come out that's actually centered around this called Kingdom Wealth. And my eyes got opened to Kingdom Wealth from a vacation to Las Vegas. I'm, 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 I'm unpacking to open your eyes. Uh, I, my favorite casino, now I don't play the games, but if you're going to go there and you're going to stay on the strip, you're going to stay in a casino, so don't, 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 don't miss that. But my favorite one is the Venetian, and every casino is represented, uh, represents uh, some country, right? Uh, and, and the Venetian it represents Italy. It has the lake that go, huh? Palazzo? I thought it was the Venetian. Well, one of them, the Palazzo. She know better than I know, the Palazzo. It got the lake that goes down there with the man in the boat. You can, at the casino now, you can ride the boat, and the man is in the back, you know, with the little paddle thing. You know, you ride the little thing. You know, the, 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 the whole entire roof changes colors from day to night. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing, right? And so this, this old country boy, this is my first time going there. And so, you know, I walk in there, and, man, I look around. So the, the, the introduction to my book is, uh, the introduction to the book, it says, uh, my revelation of wealth from my trip to Las Vegas. I know it's going to throw a lot of theologians off, but they have to read it to understand because that's where God gave me the revelation at about kingdom wealth, right? Because, because, because Las Vegas is a type of kingdom. I don't know, I know, I know, no, you, you, so I go inside of this casino, Faith, and my mouth just dropped, and I'm looking around, and Pastor M, I don't know if she, she leans over and closes my mouth, because I'm like, I'm, first of all, I'm from Mobile, I'm, I've never seen a marble columns that high. In the air, in my, you know, you see the little wrong movies, you know what I'm saying? But they really made this casino look just like, 
And man, I'm talking about, and the carpet is so soft. It felt like you was hovering in there. And then you look down this long hallway, and they got that big old rug going down, and then marble all down the side. And the whole wall is marble. I've never seen it. And I'm like, watch this. And I break out crying. I do tears start coming down my eyes because the Lord talking to me. He say, how is it that the world has an understanding of the kingdom, but the church don't? He says, how is it? Watch this, watch this. All, everything you see in the casino is nothing but bait. Sister Cheryl, they were willing to spend money to have the best, and it's nothing but bait. You don't sleep on the floor. You really don't need the Persian rug, but it's bait. They understand something. It's bait. I've never went in, I've never pulled one slot machine, but I love to go. Because it ain't nothing but, and they spare no expense for bait. It's just a hook. It's just a hook. Real fishermen don't go to Kmart to buy their, their, their tackle. It's just bait. And, and God is saying, look at what they're willing to invest just to catch some. And then he asked me this question. He said, what would church people say if the pastor wanted to do the church like this? And immediately I heard them say, it won't take all that. They can, they can take that money and do something with the poor. Jesus say the poor you will have with you. Now, now watch this, watch this. And poor people take trips to go to the casino. Then stop them from putting billions of dollars into a building just to get you there. I was blown, and I, my mind opened up to the kingdom of God that it was so much more than what we thought it was. You'll get more about that in the book. But, but now, here, 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 watch this. Mark chapter, go over to Mark chapter 10, verse 16. Got to move fast, got to move fast, got to move fast, got to move fast. I want to make y'all hungry for the book. Y'all want the book? Now, don't you? I know you want the book. That kingdom, man, I'm, that book is so powerful. Mark chapter 10, verse 16. Mark chapter 10, verse 16. Look what the Bible says. Y'all ready to see this? Behold, I send you forth, talking to us, as sheep in the midst of what? Oh, y'all don't have it up there? I said Matthew. Well, that's what I meant. Matthew. Matthew 10, verse 16. I should have been in the spirit. Matthew 10, okay, 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 look, look fast, look fast, look fast. He say, and then Kimberly, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 34 after this. Got to move quick because I, I needed to prove to y'all that it wasn't a serpent. Because I know, I know many of y'all ready to change your membership already. Did that boy go change the Bible? I ain't changing the Bible, I'm teaching it right. It's a, it's a difference from changing and teaching right. So now you got to make up your mind. Park, park what you saw. Park, park all your little Hollywood movies. You get what I'm saying? Park all your past teaching. Let's get it right. Now look what the Bible says. Behold, I send you forth. Come on. As sheep in the midst of. It. Now let me ask you a question. Are you really a sheep? No. What are you? A person. You are a human being. But notice the scripture now. Uh, 
kind of using a poetic type of, 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 it calls you sheep. It relates to you. So it's, it's talking about mannerism. Come on, say mannerism. mannerism. Say mannerism. mannerism. So it says, I send you as sheep amongst. Now, now you got to understand the dichotomy of those two animals. One, one is a prey and the other one is a predator. He says, so I'm sending you as sheep. You already know you're going out there to be eight, but you're not going to get eight. You're not going to get eight because while you're out there, you're going to be, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you're, wait a minute. So you're telling me to look to the serpent and learn something from it. So the sheep should have the manners of a serpent. Huh. Because we ain't serpents, are we? No. And it says, be wise as serpents. So there's a wisdom that comes from the serpent. Now, I'm taking you to the new, so when I go back to the old, your eyes will come open. And, 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 and then now, you're supposed to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a duck. Anybody? <laughs> Nobody? Sure? Now, if you're from Tomaville, I'm quite sure you've got a, a black plastic bag if you're a young man, got on top of your mama's house and tried to jump off and try anybody but me. Nobody? Okay, well, that's fine. You see it on TV, you think you want to do it in life, okay? Now, go back to Genesis chapter 3, I'm telling you. <laughs> Let's move fast, because I, I, I want to get out of this real quick. want to make it fun, but we want to correct some stuff. So, so we won't be, because we look, we look, and, and, I, and I, I know, I know I, I'm not calling nobody this. Well, I got to find another word, because I say I never say it again. We look ignorant to the world. We look ignorant to the world when we're walking around, and we're saying serpent, and we don't know what it means, and we really think it was a snake that the woman was talking to. We look ignorant to the world. They don't. They they looking at us like we ignorant. Now look look. We, let's read Genesis. Oh, Genesis chapter three, verse one. Don't worry about the other scripture. Kim, I got to move fast. Um, it says, "Now look at it. Now read. The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field." Which the Lord God had made. So notice now, notice now, before we even get into any conversation, it's, it's giving a relative example. Before we talk about Satan, I, I want to I let you know his mannerism is like that of a serpent. That's subtle than any beast of the field. The scripture didn't even say it was a ser- he was a serpent. It gave... It, it related his mannerism to that of a serpent. And that's the wisdom that we're supposed to get from him. Now we're going to see what he does. And the Bible says there's a wisdom you can get from your enemy. That he's not all loud. He's not a, he's subtle. He, he gets his mannerism from that of a serpent. He's not the serpent. He, he uses the mannerism of a serpent because a serpent always eats. Because it ain't all loud. It don't make a bunch of noise. It's subtle. It knows how to fit into its environment. It knows how to fit into its environment. It don't run into the environment all loud. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. No, 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 no. We go in like serpents. We will be in it, but not of it come we, we Paul said I become all things to all men that I might win some so I'm gonna look like you but I'm not gonna be you it was a mannerism 
It wasn't a serpent. Now it goes on to say, and he said unto the woman, now it's going to tell, now, 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 yea, hath the Lord said, you should not eat of every tree of the garden. Now, 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 watch this. Go to Ezekiel chapter 28. Ezekiel. Uh, look at verse 12, verse 11. I got to move real quick. I want to take up all my time with this. But I said it last week, and I said, Lord, I got to correct them folks because I know what they but I, I want right-way members to look smart. I want y'all to tell me, y'all better watch that, that snake going to talk to you. <laughs> look what the Bible says. Say, uh-uh, uh, Ezekiel 28, 28. That must be something to 12. Look at it when you get a chance. Oh, and, and Tay, I'm sorry, I call you Kimmy. I meant uh, uh, you Tay up there. Good Tay, Tay up there. New Paul Paul. New fall fall right there. Him and his wife went to work. They got a baby. Look what the Bible says. <laughs> Moreover, look what the Bible says. The word of the Lord came unto me saying, now watch this, watch this, watch this. Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of, and say unto him, thus saith the Lord, thou sealest up the psalm, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in the Eden the garden of God. Stop. Where are we read that? What book are we reading in? Ezekiel. We are, we are years away from the garden. Do you think that king was in the garden? Well, the Bible just said that was in the garden. No. The king had a spirit operating inside of him, and that spirit was Satan. So he's not, he's, although he's in front of the king, he's talking to the spirit that's operating in the king, and he's telling the spirit that's in the king, you are in Eden, the garden of God. Of course, the king didn't live long enough to be there. He's talking to Satan. So Satan operates through man. He operates through a human body, not through animals. Now, you say, well, he cursed him on the ground. There again, mannerism, right? He, he, the mannerism of the snake is actually the lowest, the lowest living animal. Yeah. It's the lowest living animal. No other animal crawls on its belly. So it's the lowest place you can be. That's why worship is the, you worship, prostate is the lowest place you can get. Because you're laid out before God. And so what he, he's, again, using the snake as an example, saying, I'm cursing you to you. Just like the snake is on its belly, I'm cursing you to your belly. The snake was already made to be on its belly. So the snake wasn't round. Like people, you got studies saying, well, that meant that the snake was first created up walking around. That's not, that's like, come on, we got to think, y'all. No, it wasn't. It was already a low-lying animal. He's using the snake as a reverence to show Satan where he's going to be. That just like that serpent is on its belly, I'm cursing you because you used to be high. You used to be at the highest height, but I'm cursing you to the lowest low. Help us understand, Lord. Watch this. He said, every precious stone was our covering. The sardis, the topaz, the diamond. Now you know why rappers who sang all that music stay blinged out. Because Satan makes them look like him. 
I ain't got no problem with bling, but he was a blinged out angel. Look at all that he had. It was all on him. It was all up in him. The, 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 the actual organ that you see in the Catholic church is symbolic of Satan's back. Pipes. Well, it's right there in the scripture. Uh, uh, the workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee. In the, I'm not saying that their, their, their place is cursed. Some of their actions are. But, but every earth is, an, is a pattern of heaven. So Satan was a musical angel. That's where they get the pipes from, the organs from. It was prepared in him. You see, uh, Hollywood say he, he was red with black horns and a tail. That is not, the Bible says he was full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. He wasn't an ugly, come on, can't no ugly chick or no ugly dude step up to a pretty or handsome you. So Satan don't bring anything to you that you don't want. He transformed into everything that you like. Come on. Now, now watch this, watch this, watch this. How many women, watch that. Thank you. Boy, your examples are so amazing. How many, I'm going to start with my men first, and y'all better not be scared. How many men will admit that you've dated a snake in the grass? Scared. That don't mean it's the one you're with now. I said, date in. You married, ain't you? God, I need my brothers on my side. Will you pretend? To... How many? Come on, men. Come on, get bold. <laughs> don't leave me out here, Ruben, if you, even if you thank you. How many men? Thank you, man. I appreciate you for stepping in. How many men have dated a snake in the grass? Thank you, men. Now, now, women, watch it. Full participation. I ain't even asked a question yet. <laughs> they, look at them. Oh, Lord. They can't wait. God. How many women will admit they've dated a snake in the grass? Now, I didn't ask you to say anything. You had to... You ain't have to do all that. Ooh, you ain't ask you all that. Well, 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 let's make sense of it then. Let's make sense of it then. Did he? He, he didn't? Okay, okay, now think. Think about Genesis. Well, how you call him or her a snake? The Bible says God used the foolishness of preaching to confound the wise. Funny how you call them a snake in the grass, but they went out. Let me ask you a question. When y'all went out, was they, were they on their belly and you was walking? No? So how, how, did they, how did we eat the foolishness of thinking that she was really talking to a snake when you've been with a snake in the grass and they weren't on their belly? Does that, does that make sense now? Now, let me show you what, what he really does. One more, one more scripture, and I got to leave y'all alone with this. Uh, 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 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, and then I'm done. You're going to believe what you want to believe. I just wanted to give you a shortcut to getting it. He was not. He was not. Do you know that when they went into um, Sodom and Gomorrah, those were angels that were walking up to those men? 
Now, now, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, look at verse 14. Verse 14 and 15. Old Testament is an incomplete revelation. You need the New Testament. And I'm so sorry that we, we, we look so crazy to the world. You better watch that snake. <laughs> and ain't nobody here can admit that they had a snake walk up to them and try to have a conversation with them. You, they've had snake manners or mannerisms, right? When we say a snake in the grass, we're talking about they're no good. They hide or, or they held something from you that you didn't see. So, and no marvel, let's see what the Bible says about Satan. For Satan, come on, read, himself is transformed to an angel of light. Didn't say a snake. And therefore, it is no thing that is ministered. As a minister of righteousness, whose end shall be according to that work. Now, 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 watch this, watch this. I'm trying to find, I don't have anyone in here that has that, that title. If he was here, I could, I could call him, call his name out. He walked out. Gosh darn it. Okay, I'm just going to use, I'll use John, although he's Pastor John. Uh, he say his angels are transformed into what, what of light? Ministers. Ministers of light. Minister John, could you stand up? Minister John, could you stand up? Hmm. Looks like a person to me. Don't look like a snake. How you doing, John? No hoss. <laughs> so we got to stop that. Thank you, Pastor John. We got to stop that. It wasn't a serpent. It was the mannerisms of a serpent. Now, you do with it what you want to do with it. I'm going to move off that. I told you I was going to teach you, and that, that is what it is. And if y'all keep going, then just everything you want to, you know, make sure you talk like that too. Now, don't leave that out. All right, so let's talk about, go to Genesis. I got 14 minutes. Um, Genesis, how, let's look at how man was created. If you got any other questions, then just write them down. You ain't got to be trying to, listen, if you're watching me live, you ain't got to email me and all that other type of stuff because to be honest with you, it don't have anything to do with us going to heaven or hell. Right, I just said it, and I wanted to give some explanation to it to the members of Rightway Christian Center. I owe them that as their pastor. And uh, if you have any other questions, and you are a member, let me say it like that, uh, then uh, then uh, you know uh, write it and give it to me, and uh, I'll I'll get back with you. Amen. And please, like some people have done me before, don't go to Google and and copy some and send it to me like that's what you studied. Just because you found something that says something else different, we do that and we want to copy that and then send that to me and say, well, here's proof. You didn't study that out. You went and copied what someone else studied. So what makes them right and me wrong when you just went and got what someone else studied and you ain't studied out for yourself? So don't send me that either. Most people that do that don't tithe anyway. Let's go. Uh, let's, let's talk about how man was created. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 29. Let's look at this. Let's look at this. I'll get some in today and some in on the rest in on next week because we, we got to get this part right because God, we're not supposed to be broke, busted, and disgusted. We're supposed to have more than enough. That's how God made man. He made man to have more than enough. Now, now, look, look, the Bible says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowls of the air, 
over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowls of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Verse 29, and God said, behold, I've given you every herb-bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree, yielding seed to you, it shall be for meat amen so listen carefully i want to say a few things being prosperous is how man was created you see that be fruitful multiply replenish that word replenish means to perpetually renew and supply so being prosperous is how man was created he can't escape it it's the reason why the bible has so many warnings about it now listen the only warning adam gets was to not eat of the tree. He, Adam had one warning, don't eat of the tree. You got it? But now after Adam fell, we get warning after warning after warning after warning after warning about prosperity. Now, I said this a long time ago, let me say it again. You only need warning if you have the product. If you don't have the product and there is no intention on you ever getting the product, being in proximity of the product or working with the product, you don't need warning. Are you listening to me? So the fact that the Bible gives us warning about money means that we're going to be around it, we're going to be with it, it's going to be in proximity, we're going to be in proximity of it and we will have it or else we would not need warning. Does that make sense? Okay, you eat that how you want to. Prosperity is in the makeup of man. Are you listening? In the fall, everything in man's knowing became contaminated against its original intent. So it mixed with the sin nature and became corrupt in its understanding and use. I want to read that again. Listen very carefully. I want to tone my voice down so you can get this. Hear this again. Prosperity is in the makeup of man. In the fall, everything in man's knowing became contaminated against its original intent. Say against. So, so watch this. There was a contamination in man and woman. They went from being one flesh to the woman you gave me, arguing, contention. The woman now in childbirth, it will be painful. Everything became contaminated because of the fall. Watch this. Against its original intent. That's the part you got to get. Now, so it mixed in with sin or the sin nature, and it now became corrupt in its understanding and corrupt in its use. But listen, that does not mean that it's corrupt because it became subject to it. In other words, because money mixed with sin and became corrupt because of sin, its use and understanding does not mean that, the mo that money is contaminated. Okay, okay, okay. It's the, listen carefully, it's the nature of, 
of the man that the prosperity is in that determines if it's corrupt or not. Not the money, but the hand of the nature of the man that the money is in that determines if the money is Money is neither good nor evil until it gets in somebody's hand. And watch this, the heart of the person determines the nature of the money. It's neither good nor evil. It's the heart of the person that determines the nature of the money. Are you listening to me? So, okay, 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 you got that. Now, let me prove it to you contextually. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 through 7. Real quick, they didn't have this. I, I inserted this in the notes. Eight minutes. Oh, sugar, sugar, sugar. Watch this. For they that are after the flesh, watch this, look at the nature. Do mind, mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things. Now, the things go back to do mind. So they that are after the Spirit do mind the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because to be carnally minded is enmity to God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So do you see, do you see mindsets there? Do you see heart intention there? Right, so, so you put money in the hands of a person that's only minding their flesh, that money is going to be used for fleshly means because that's the heart of the person that has it. But a spiritual person is minding the things of the spirit and that money will now be righteously used. Do you see that? So it's the nature of the person that the money is in that determines what the money is. Okay, do y'all have that? Are you with me with that? Okay, okay, okay. Now, he told man to have dominion. This word dominion means sovereignty or control. Have dominion, God was saying have control. It means government. See, the kingdom of God is a government. You are all, we are all ambassadors in this government. And this word also means lordship, lower L. It means control. It means leadership. It means influence. Those are all the same synonyms to prosperity. So you can't have dominion without prosperity. Now, 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 it means the territory of a sovereign or government. Now, now let's keep let's keep going. Now, think of it, with that definition. You think about think about my casino. Now, think about the influence that those places have on people. Now, so much so that people from all around the world, so powerful that even during recession, not one closed down. I thought we was in a recession. People lost houses. Businesses closed down, mom and pop stores closed down, people lost homes, but no casino closed down. I wonder why. Now, Genesis chapter 2, verse 10 through 12. Watch this, guys. Five minutes. This is all I'll be able to get. This is going to be so powerful. 
The Bible says, look at verse 10, 2, 10 through 14. The Bible says, and the river went out of Eden to water the garden. And from thence it was parted and became in the forehead. The name of the first is Pison, that is in which compasses the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. Hmm. And the gold of that land is good. There is Bedellion and the onyx stone. And the name of the second is Gihon, the same that compasses the whole land of... Oh, so Adam was in Ethiopia. Okay. And the name of the third river was Hittichel, that is which goes uh, toward uh, the east of Assyria. And the fourth is the Euphrates. And the Lord God took the man. He took the man. Come on. Very important words right here now. That, that river. He's in this garden. In this garden is gold. Bedellion. It's a, and, and he took the man. Watch this. He takes the man he forms and puts the man into it. He takes the man and puts the man into prosperity. Puts the man in the place where there's gold. Puts the man in the place where there's bedellion. He puts the man in the river. River always represents resource. He takes the man and puts the man in resource. Come on, see it. See it. See it. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. So, so a river, the river watered, watered the garden. River symbolizes residual resource. River symbolizes income. River symbolizes supply. So he didn't take the first man, the prototype, and put him anywhere. The prototype is the example. He put the prototype in income. He put the prototype in residual resource. He put the prototype in supply. He put him there to show us where we should be. He put him there. He put him in it. Now, the scripture says he took the man. He took the man. What verse is that? Verse um, 16. He, uh, uh, no, no. 15. Bible says he took the man. What? Now, I want you to see these words. Come on. And read it. Put him. What preposition is there? into he put him into it listen listen come on catch the revelation let the light come on he didn't put him there god you got to get the revelation he didn't put him there he put him into it god you got to get that it would have been different if he had to put him there because now he'd have had to work with all his might to try to make something happen but he didn't put him there, he put him into it. Woo! My God from heaven. Now, now, there were these four rivers. Oh, God. It parted and became four heads. Four heads, listen to me, represents perpetual supply or other resources or streams of income. I'm trying to show y'all. He Listen, he put Adam into an economic system. You be seeing garden, but what you got to open your eyes and see is an economic system. It was there before Wall Street came up with it. This is Wall Street. The Wall Street is the Garden of Eden repl uh, replicated. That's all it is. It's a copy of what God originally created and put his man into it to run it. Okay, uh, uh, so let me give you the understanding of these rivers. The first river was Pison. It means, watch this, it means changing extension of the mouth. It means changing and the extension of the mouth. And the Bible says, and it was gold, and the gold was good. It was bedellion and onyx stone. 
Now watch this. That, in other words, Pison represents the stock, what we now call the stock exchange. The second river is the river Gihon, which means bursting forth or gushing. <laughs> and watch this. And the Bible said it compasses the whole land. So, so the, the river means that we're supposed to be in residual resource, and in resource, we're supposed to be busting and gershing. The third river was, uh, 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 was Hittakel, and it means rapid stream. Come on, say rapid stream. And the Bible says it going toward the east. What? Biblically, east always means towards God. So he always gave man a means, watch this now, to resource God's agenda. That, that east also, if you know most temples, they, they face the east. They, call, they also know that to be the place of worship. Watch this. So God gave man enough bursting so he could always offer up worship to him with it. And then the fourth river was the river Euphrates, and it means breaking forth of liquid. Breaking forth of liquid. And I studied that out, and it means overflow. So God took the man and put the man in the overflow. Watch this. In other words, he took the man so that the man could change and extend what he gave him and he would burst forth with it. It would be rapid and then he would have overflow as he did it. Are y'all listening to me? He put him into the garden. Watch this now. With all that to do what? Dress it and keep it. In other words, he made man a manager. He put him in the garden to dress it and to keep it. So we're supposed to be dressing and keeping resources. We're working our fingers to the bone. And we won't even look back to the prototype and see how God originally set it up and say, oh, no, 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 I'm about to shift this thing. I'm supposed to be dressing and keeping because I've been put into it. And I was put back into it by Jesus. When the prototype failed, which is what the prototype is supposed to do. The prototype failed, so when we create the pilot, we don't see the failure of the prototype in the pilot. That's why they crash cars. They'll crash 40 and 50 cars because they want to make sure that when it becomes the pilot, you don't have to take the car back because there's a mechanical error that they missed. So they test the prototype. And get all the failure out the prototype so that when the pilot shows up 42 generations later. I'm close. And when you receive the pilot and the pilot comes into your life, you don't have to suffer the same failures as the prototype. It's called salvation. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9 says, we know our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich. Yet for our sake he became poor. That through his poverty, the pilot, we might become rich, abundantly supplied is what that word means. So you're missing out on something great if you're not saved. No, no, no. Far, far more than you just not going to heaven. No, 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 no. You're missing out on the good life. You're missing out on the good life. You're missing out on the good life. The good life that is made for you to experience while you're here on earth. Not just the one you're going to get when you transition from this life. But a good life, an eternal life that you're actually supposed to live while you're here on earth. You're missing out on it if you don't have a pilot. Because when you become the pilot, when you receive the pilot, you become the pilot. You become hid in the pilot. That's why when you get in a the car, they got safety, they got bags all over the place. The bags are to protect you. See, it's almost like being in Jesus, and Jesus is there to protect you. 
but you got to let him in first. And when you let him in, he comes in, and then you come into him. That's what salvation is. If you're here today and you've never received Christ as your Savior, I want to give you an amazing opportunity, man. Something awaits you that you can't even fathom how great it is. But you got to receive him first to find out. And it's easy. Bible never asks you to change. He said you come to him just as you are. You receive him just as you are. Today is your day. If you're watching me on live, you're here in the sanctuary, I want to offer salvation to you. It's so simple. If you just repeat this prayer after me, I'm going to show you how simple it is to get saved. Say this with me. Lord Jesus, I know without you I am lost. I believe you died on the cross for the sins of the world and for my sins. So today I repent and I turn to you. I receive you as my Savior and I make you the Lord of my life. My life is yours. I belong to you and I am yours. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Just like that, just like that, it, just, just that quick, you are now a child of God. You are born again, is what the Bible says. For thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead. The Bible says thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I want to welcome you into this now new amazing family that you are a part of. Believe it or not, we are blood brothers and sisters. Ain't that something? Praise the Lord. I'm so glad to have you in the family. Now listen, salvation is instantaneous, but the walk of salvation is a journey. You're going to miss it sometimes. There's some stuff you got to grow out of and some stuff you got to grow into. It's the now new start of this new life, and so we want to walk this life out with you. I want to ask you to go to rightwayccc.org forward slash next steps. I want to gather some information from you. My team is going to reach out. We want to make sure you have all the resources that you need. If you're not a member of a church, we want to help you get planted and find a good church, uh, either right way or either find a good church that's in an area where you're located. Get what I'm saying? We want you to be under the right man or woman of God, and so we want to help you find that place if right way is not that place. There are some videos at that same platform that you can look at that will explain to you what salvation is about. We want to be everything that we can be with you in this new journey that you are a part of because everything under the sun is going to make you feel like you're not. But I want to let you know emphatically that you are. You are saved. You are a child of God. You are free from sin. And we want to help walk with you so you can walk all of this out. So rightwayccc.org forward slash next steps is the platform that you want to go to so that our team can reach back out to you and help you with anything or any question that you might have. We want to be on your side to help you with it. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. If you were changed by this message today, help someone else by sharing on your social media platforms. You can partner with us to continue to reach more people by giving at rightwayccc.org or on the Givelify app. Make sure to subscribe so that you're the first to know when a new episode is available. Thanks for listening.